In his hour of trial, Jesus prayed for himself. Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. He also prayed for his disciples. I have revealed you to those who you gave me. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. Protect them by the power of your name. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. He prayed for all of us. I I pray pray for for those who who will believe in me through their their message. message. I I have given given them the glory glory that you gave me, that they they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity, to let the world know that you send me and have loved them, even you have loved me. Give us life to enjoy the fullness of your, our life in you. O Holy Spirit, speak to us and help us to listen. Take a moment of silence for private meditation and personal confession. Our psalm for this evening is Psalm 112, and we read responsively. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. Each generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright. For For the the gracious gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, end, he will look in triumph on his foes. He is scattered abroad, his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His His horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked will see and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A moment of silence for meditation. Lord Jesus, you are the light shining in the darkness for the upright. Teach us to love one another as you love us, that we might bring peace and joy to the world and find happiness of your home where you live and reign with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. Amen. Responsive reading of the Passion History, Pilate took Jesus and had him whipped. The governor's soldiers took Jesus to the palace, which is the praetorium, and they called together and gathered the whole troop of soldiers around him. 
The soldiers took off his clothes and put a scarlet robe on him. They twisted some thorns into a crown and placed it on his head and put a stick in his right hand. And then they went up to Jesus, knelt before him and worshipped him, making fun of him. They began to mock him. Hail, Hail, King King of of the the Jews. And after having spat on him, they took the stick and began to beat him on the head with it and slapped his face. And after they'd made fun of him, Pilate went outside again and told them, I am bringing bringing him him out out to you you to let you know that that I find no guilt in him. Jesus came outside wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Look Look at at the the man. When the ruling priests and the servants saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify crucify him! him. Pilate told them, Take Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I do not find him guilty of anything. The Jews answered him, We have a law. According to the law, he deserves to die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard them say that, he was frightened more than ever, and he went into the palace again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus did not give him an answer. Pilate then asked him, Aren't you going to speak to me? Don't you know that I have the authority to free you or the authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would not have any authority over me if it not had been granted to you from above. That is why the man who handed handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. This made Pilate anxious to let him go, but the Jews shouted, If you you let let him go, go, you are are no friend of Caesar. Caesar. Anyone Anyone who who makes himself a king is speaking speaking against Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he took Jesus outside and sat in the judge's seat at the place called Stone Pavement, or Gabbatha in Aramaic. It was the day of preparation of the Passover, and about six in the morning. He said to the Jews, Look at your king. And then they shouted, Away Away with with him! him. Kill him. him! Crucify him. Pilate asked them, Should I crucify your king? And the ruling priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. When he saw that he was not getting anywhere, but that a riot was breaking out instead, Pilate took water and washed his hands before the crowd and said, I'm innocent of this man's blood. You see to the matter yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then Pilate, wanting to satisfy the people, decided that what they demanded should be done. He let them have Barabbas, who had been put in prison for revolt and murder, for whom they were asking. Then Pilate handed Jesus over to them to be crucified in line with their wishes. The soldiers took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him, and so they took Jesus and led him out to crucify him. He was carrying his own cross. As they were going out, they found a man from Cyrene by the name of Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus. He was on his way from the country, and as he was about to pass by, they took a hold of him and laid the cross on him and forced him to carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd followed him. The women in the crowd were beating their breasts and weeping over him. They took Jesus to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh and gall, but when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. They crucified him there, 
At that time, they crucified two robbers with him, one at his right and the other at his left, and Jesus in the middle. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, last week we met Job in chapter 23, but now we skip ahead to chapter 35. And why 35? Why is that significant? Well, it's because God has not made his voice heard for 35 chapters. Job suffered for a long time before God revealed himself. For 35 chapters, Job cried out. For 35 chapters, his friends belittled his faith. For 35 chapters, they questioned his loyalty to the Lord and demanded that Job confess his secret sin, the sin that they assume that he so stubbornly had kept hidden. For 35 chapters, they blamed Job for all the tragedy in his life. And for 35 chapters, God is silent. And finally, God speaks. But more than that, in chapter 38, God actually shows up. He reveals himself. The hidden God becomes the revealed God. And he reveals wisdom, he reveals knowledge, he reveals his power, but he still does not reveal his plan. So God shows up, not to explain himself. No, he shows up to speak in a powerful way, and God spoke to Job in the middle of a storm. He spoke to God out of the thunder. Quite terrifying. God often speaks to us during the storms of life. Parents stand before the coffin of their son, and God speaks. A woman holds a flag taken from her husband's casket, and God speaks. A couple find out that they can't have any children, and God speaks. A man loses his job and can't provide for his family, and God speaks. A nation is crippled in the midst of COVID-19. And God speaks in the storms and 
sounding thunder of your life, God speaks. And when God speaks, His voice thunders with majesty and power and authority. And in Job 38, God spoke powerfully. Listen to the way He answered Job's fervent prayers, His his sincere prayers, His honest prayers. The Lord answered Job out of the storm. Who is this that belittles my advice with words that do not show any knowledge about it? Brace yourself like a man. I'll ask you and you teach me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have such insight. Who determined its dimensions? Certainly you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Or where were its footings sunk? Who laid the cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Who shut up the seas behind the gates when it burst through and came out of the womb? When I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in dark clouds, when I set a limit for it and put bars and gates, and when I said, you may come this far, but no farther, here your proud waves will stop. With the lightning flashing back and forth, the wind blowing, the Lord spoke from the thunderclouds. It was was a massive show of force. And this wasn't a a little thunderstorm. Oh, no, this was a a Category 5 kind of storm for a Category 5 type of God. And God's words were Category 5 kind of words. And the whole event was quite terrifying. For 35 chapters, Job is consumed. With, with all kinds of questions. Where's God? Why is this happening? When will this end? How could God do this to me? But the most important questions are not when, where, why, or how, not even what. It's who. Who is the God behind all of this? And who is the question God answers? And God uses the next four chapters to reveal who He is. In Job's chapters 38 through 41, God makes things clear. I created the universe. I control the powers of the universe. I care for all the animals of the world. I control their food and their daily provision. I created the great beasts of the earth. I control their movement. And with all that power, God speaks, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Job doesn't respond. So God continues with his voice booming from the thunder. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you will answer me. Job remains silent. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. But still no response from Job. Do you know how its dimensions were determined? Who did the surveying? What supports its foundations? Who laid its cornerstone and the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Were you there when they all shouted for joy? Do you have the same understanding of that moment as I do? And the voice of God thundered from the thunder. (laughs) Can you imagine what that must have been like? Simply amazing. God revealed himself. And and what did he do? Did he explain why he allowed joy? Job so much suffering and pain? No. Did he explain himself? No. Instead, God turned the tables on Job. Instead of Job questioning God, God questions Job. And God's divine questions pour down like sheets of rain, and they splatter in the chamber of Job's heart's 
heart, in Job's heart with a wilderness and a beauty with a terror that left Job drenched and amazed and absolutely speechless. It'll be like that on the day of judgment. Everyone will stand before the Almighty and He will speak and there'll be no answer and there'll be no defense. Job gives, or God gives Job 70 scientific questions about the universe and about God's creation, but Job couldn't even answer one. Seventy questions. The only thing Job could do was just marvel at the power of God, at marvel at his knowledge, just step back and let God be God. There is a God. We are not Him. And to make this clear, God repeats over and over again that His universe is infinite, His universe is vast, and what can man know about the universe? And what can man know about the God who created that universe? Let me give you some numbers. The diameter of the sun is 109 times larger than the earth. That means that the size of the sun can contain 1 million earths. And God created our galaxy, the Milky Way. Our galaxy, the Milky Way, measures 104,000 light years across. It contains over 100 billion stars. And the Milky Way is one galaxy. And there are 150 billion galaxies known to man. How many more galaxies are beyond our sight? God asks, can you see it, Job? Can you rejoice over my creation as I do, the morning stars singing for joy because of who I am and because of what I do? Can you rejoice too? Can you see how carefully I put it all together? Can you grasp the immensity of what I've created? Can you be my equal? Can you match my power, my ability to watch over all of this and care for it? What do you say, Job? And finally, after being pelted with 70 unanswerable questions, Then Job finally answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I'll say it no more. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. (laughs) Finally, Job gets it. And I know this illustration falls woefully short in comparison, but Job has been the water boy telling LeBron James how to dribble a basketball. Job's been the bat boy telling Babe Ruth how to hit a home run. Job Job has been the cheerleader telling Tom Brady how to throw a pass. Job has been the clay telling the potter what to do. And finally, Job gets it. Well, as sinners, what do we do when we get it? What can we do? There's really only one thing left to do, surrender. That's what Job did. He surrendered to the Lord. He quit pressing for an explanation and decided to let God's power and might suffice as an answer. However, this is a pretty tough reality for a God who reveals himself out of a storm with a voice of thunder and from the thunder. That kind of God is unapproachable. But God like that's horrifying terrifying. And so God has chosen to reveal himself in a different way. Instead of speaking from thunder of a storm, he wraps himself in an infant in a manger. 
And he sends Jesus to take on our flesh, to live among us, to speak powerfully to us, and to show us God's power with miraculous signs and wonders. And Jesus reveals the merciful and the loving side of God. And we watch him die for our sins as a lamb led to the slaughter. Listen, we don't have a God who is distant, far off, or disconnected. No, we, we have a God who is with us. His name is Emmanuel. And we have a God who speaks to us from the cross. We have a God who allows himself to be broken so we might be healed. Are you broken? He was broken. Are you hurting? He hurt. Do you cry? He cried. Don't you see? God is fully present for us and he's here with us. So how about you? What do you do during the storms of your life? During COVID-19, do you give up on God? Do you, do you blame Him? Do you think He's making a mistake? Or do you see a deeper purpose for pain? Perhaps the Lord is teaching you a deeper spiritual lesson. Perhaps He's testing your faith. Can you praise His name in the midst of the storm? Can you know that He's still protecting you? Is He still there, still with you? Will his, faithfulness, will his faithfulness get you through the storm? In the end, can you trust God? Well, Job learned what we know. God is the Almighty. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But we know He loves us. And we know He came in the person of Jesus, and we know He loves us because He suffered and died to free us from sin, death, and everlasting pain. Yes, we know. And we surrender our lives to His will. Job did too. What does that kind of surrender look like? Jesus gives us the word. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen. We now have the offering. The offering is designated for the local care fund. Let us pray. O Lord, hear my prayer. And let my cry come to you. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, of your tender love toward us sinners, you have given us your Son, that believing in him we might have everlasting life. Continue to grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may remain steadfast in the true faith until the end and to come to your everlasting joy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And merciful and everlasting God the Father, who did not spare your only Son, but delivered him up for us all, that he might bear our sins on the cross, grant that our hearts may be so fixed with steadfast faith in our Savior that we may not fear the power of any adversaries through jesus christ our lord amen. amen heavenly father in whom we live move and have our being we humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your word and spirit that in all cares and occupations of our life we may not forget you but remember that you are ever walking in your sight through jesus christ our lord who lives and reigns with you in the holy spirit one god now and forever Amen. We pray our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, our Father who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the Almighty and the Merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen. Jesus Christ.